Hola, and welcome to Amigas About Friends, a podcast where two best friends talk about their favorite group of friends, friends. This podcast is intended for a mature audience, and listener discretion is advised. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Okay. Can you? <clears throat> anyway. <clears throat> Happy fucking Tuesday. Happy full moon Tuesday. It's been a day. Eclipse is Tuesday? Yeah, technically. Eclipse was this morning. We both uh, set our alarms for 2 a.m. or the like. And uh, we were supposed to be able to see it, I believe, from like 2.17 to like almost 3 a.m. And it was overcast, so we saw nothing. Clouds. We saw clouds. Yeah, all the okay. fucking clouds. Fair enough. And the next total lunar eclipse won't be until March of 2025. When I'm dead. No. <laughs> Stop. Don't say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I Nothing thought it was going to be, in my defense, I thought you were going to say, like, I don't know, 2090 20, 20, or something. 50, <laughs> Something more outrageous, which still, 2055 yeah. is still, you, you, you're you still going to be here, bitch. I would hope. It's only 2020. <clears throat> Let's live long. Let's do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> mental health check. <laughs> you know what, Jasmine? About an hour ago, it was doing fine. <laughs> I agree. Oh my god. But now I feel like I'm being tested. It's definitely questionable. <laughs> For context, we've tried to record this episode a few times now. Uh and it's been pretty frustrating. But how is your mental health, Jasmine? <laughs> Aside from wanting to break my phone and laptop because we were unable to record. I'm actually not that bad. Oh well it's that's nice good. And- it's nice and gloomy outside. It is. It's cuddle weather. There's rain in San Diego. Yay! Oh my god. Okay. How are you mentally? I, I, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I, uh, the time change has really fucked me up a little bit, but other than that, I'm okay. I'm adjusting, but yeah, there's nothing else to do but laugh at all the obstacles we've had to endure today. Just today to record this episode so let's hope that this recording is not lost somewhere we literally took us it literally took us an hour (laughs) to be able to find the right thing to record yes we literally started an hour ago (laughs) so much fun anyway i'm sure you guys are not here to hear that story so we're just gonna get started so we start this episode with the oh you know what let's do a little recap the previous one if you don't remember that in the last episode at the end uh, we find out that carol ross's ex-wife uh, pages him to inform him that she has now gone into labor so now this particular episode we start with the gang at the hospital and ross is anxiously waiting for carol to arrive because she's in labor monica tries to calm him down and asks if carol's water has even broken yet ross replies saying he doesn't know but when they last spoke she mentioned having passed a muc- mucus plug 
Joey gets grossed out and Monica asks him what he's going to do when he has kids. Joey then tells her that he will be in the waiting room, handing out cigars. Chandler jokes that Joey has planned to have his kids in a movie from the 50s. As a woman, do you know what the mucus plug is? And when you have kids, or when you've had kids, how has your partner reacted, or how would you expect them to react in this situation? So, previous to this episode and having my own kids, uh, no, I did not know what the mucus plug was, because I've never had, I've never gone through, like, full, like, labor. I mean, I have, obviously, I've had kids, but I didn't experience, like, my water breaking, or, you know, whatever, like, I was sent to the hospital for specific reasons. And then as far as my partner, let me tell you real quick that my ex nearly fainted. Oh my god. Which was hilarious because he missed the birth of our child. Like literally oh my, my son my son's head was out and they turned him so that they could like suction his little mouth and stuff. And when they did that, he just about passed out and ran into the bathroom and threw up. So he did not see the entire process. My current husband, however, was amazing through both of my C-sections that I had. (laughs) That's good. Um, I can't even imagine having a partner that, like, would pass out during a situation like that. Like, it would give me more anxiety, and I don't need that. (laughs) Like, you're supposed to be a pillar of strength, sir. Well, I guess that's why he's the next. A little bit. Part of the reason. (laughs) Do you know what the mucus plug is? I do know, and uh, I don't think I've told you this, but because we've tried to record this episode a few times, yes, you know you're, you are aware that I know what the mucus plug is, but I found out because of this episode, (laughs) because I was like watching it when I was a kid, and I was like, what is that? And uh, then I found out, and it's disgusting. (laughs) but um I have not had any kids yet but if I do have them with the partner that I have now I think that he will be actually really good at being supportive and not panicking during times when I will be super panicking because that's just who I am I love panicking it's one of my favorite things ever (laughs) but he has proven to me in the past that like during like yeah, emergencies or like times where I've panicked, he remains calm, which actually helps a lot. And he's taken like courses on how to stop bleeding and he's CPR certified. So I feel like that gives him a little bit more advantage on how to react to like emergency situations. I don't think that he will faint at the sight of blood or anything graphic like that, at the very least. I'm sorry, Jasmine, you had to go through that. <laughs> Um, I was drugged, so it's fine. <laughs> I vaguely remember it happening. Well, you heard it here. Do drugs. <laughs> Just kidding. <clears throat> no, don't do drugs. Have an epidural, though. Do that. Yeah. The ultimate um, drug. <laughs> so, Ross continues to panic and states that Carol could be giving birth in the cab. Rachel laughs and tells him not to worry because it probably only costs Carol $2 for the first contraction and 50 cents for the following contractions. Ross glares at her and she snaps back saying, it's only okay when Chandler does it. Chandler then tells her that you have to find the right moment. Have you ever said or done something inappropriate or funny at the worst possible moment? Yes. And I'm going to change the one I was going to share before. (laughs) 
Uh, and I think I might have mentioned this to you before or even mentioned it in a different episode, but yeah, one time someone was, and this is completely inappropriate, like not making a joke inappropriate, just inappropriate. Uh, someone was saying they were talking about this person who passed and they had passed uh, committing suicide. <clears throat> and I don't know why, but I just blurted out, oh, how did he do it? <laughs> and I don't even know why that came out because I understand that's a completely inappropriate thing that you don't ask, like you just don't. If somebody passed away, and someone's talking about it and they don't share specific details, it's not an invitation to ask. And yeah, my morbid curiosity, I guess, just took over my mouth that day, but it was super embarrassing. And someone that was in the car with me when it happened was like, wow, that's super morbid. And yeah, I felt my face got hot. I just wanted to disappear in the moment. But uh, what about you? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna stick to my story. The one time that we were at a Charger game here in San Diego, it was a group of us, my cousins, um, and one of my aunts was looking for one of my cousins, and she finally got a hold of her, and my aunt walked away, took the call, whatever, came back, she was crying. And when she came back, I was like, what's going on? Why are you crying? What happened? And she said her brother's girlfriend died. And my immediate response was, I thought you didn't even like her. And she glared at me like she was going to murder me in that moment. <laughs> and she was like, no, I did like her. Like, we had our differences, but she was like a good person and I wouldn't want her to die. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, of course. <laughs> obviously. But it, obviously. But it was just such a, like, I really didn't mean for it to come out so bitchy. But according to my, one of my cousins specifically, he always says, like, dude, you need to learn how to, like, react and fix your face when you do so. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sorry, Aegis. <laughs> so, yes, he oh, likes to bring man. that one up often. Yeah, uh, both of ours were completely so inappropriate and both related to death. Perfect. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> still at the hospital phoebe runs in asking if she missed it meaning the birth of the baby and they tell her she hasn't because carol has not yet arrived monica notices that phoebe brought her guitar and asks her why she brought it and phoebe says they will probably be there for a while and things might get it musical just then carol and susan walk in russ scolds them for taking forever and carol explains that they stopped at the gift shop because she wanted a stuffed animal and susan wanted a chunky Ross scolds them both, stating that she's having a baby. You don't just stop for chunkies. Just then Chandler calls out, hey, I used to have a bumper sticker, or I used to have that bumper sticker. And Ross giggles as he walks with Carol and Susan towards the delivery room. Chandler then looks at Rachel, pointing out that that's what he meant about finding your moment. Do you think that you would want to stop anywhere on your way to the hospital if you were in active labor? Hell no. <laughs> So with my second child, my contraction started at like 3 a.m. And they tell you, you know, you have to wait till they're five minutes apart. And so they started at like three. I think we headed for the hospital at like five. But the entire time that I was at home for those two hours, I was like, 
oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> like we need to go. <laughs> like I can't wait. And everyone just kept telling me, like you have to wait. They're just gonna send you home if you go to the hospital, and you're gonna have to travel like twice. And so I held out, and you know whatever. But yeah, no, I would not stop anywhere. <laughs> would you? Fuck no. Oh my god. Okay, so I have a friend that had gone into labor, and she very casually told me because we were talking on the phone. She was like, "Oh yeah, I I'm pretty sure I'm in labor," and like this girl, she had she was having active contractions, and her water had broken. And she was like, "Well, oh no, I'm just waiting for my husband to finish cooking this pasta so I can have dinner before I go to the hospital because I know they're not gonna let me eat." But she was so calm and collected. Would of course stop talking and you know go through the pain of the contractions, but I was just <laughs> amazed that yeah she was just sitting there waiting for pasta to cook. She was gonna eat the pasta. She was gonna take a shower, and then they were gonna go to the hospital. And I know labor takes hours for dare I say most people, but I could not be just that relaxed in my home when I could already be at the hospital. Like I just want to go to there. I don't want to worry about getting there. If I don't have to, like I just was that her, was that her first baby? That was her first baby. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, <laughs> I would have been in such a panic. Yeah, she was not panicked at all. Her husband was a little bit more panicked, like mm-hmm. a little bit more. He had a little bit more sense of urgency. Although that specific girl, I do wonder because we were friends when we were like in our early twenties, and before she had babies. Because I met her, like, right after she got married. Uh, before she even started planning her family, she told me that she was terrified of childbirth. Terrified. <laughs> to the point where she was like, I don't even know if I'm going to have kids. Like, that's scared. But oh so now when I look back at it, I'm like, was she just delaying having to go to the hospital? Like, just sitting in denial? <laughs> just not wanting to go push her kid out? I don't know. Or maybe she's just that calm and collected and I just can't really I can't do it no I couldn't either and I've had kids <laughs> yeah no anyways um so in the delivery room Ross is still scolding them for stopping at the gift shop Carol tells him to let it go and Susan offers up her extra chunky which I've never had one uh Ross begrudgingly says no just then Carol's doctor walks in and asks her how she's doing she says she's fine, that each contraction is like a little party in her uterus. Susan tells the doctor that the contractions are however many minutes apart and last for 55 seconds. Ross chimes in and says 59 seconds and mentions that he has a quartz watch. And Susan snaps back saying her watch is a Swiss quartz. Ha ha. Carol asks if she can drink anything and the doctor informs her that she can only have ice chips. Susan and Ross practically race each other out the door to get Carol ice chips, but as they run out, Rachel walks in with the ice chips for Carol. She notices the cute doctor and starts to flirt with him. If your friend, Jasmine, was in labor, <laughs> you were single, would you try to flirt with the cute doctor? Jasmine, it's a doctor. And I'm single? <laughs> okay, if your this, other friends were in labor. This could be our opportunity to stop being poor. <laughs> we could get that adjoining houses that we've always wanted to get with secret tunnels to get Yay! to each other. <laughs> okay, no, in all seriousness, um, if I had a friend that was in labor and I was single and the doctor was flirting with me, 
Sure, if it did not get in the way of him treating my friend, which I would hope that he's professional enough that it wouldn't. And I'm assuming if he was that professional, he probably wouldn't even flirt back. <laughs> but, if, but if it was manageable, I mean, sure. I, I wasn't going to go home and change like Rachel does later. Spoilers. But... Um, <laughs> But sure, I I throw in a little smile here and there. One of my awkward dad jokes. Why not? <laughs> what about you? Um, I don't think I would. I think I'd be more concerned about my friend. Uh-huh. And personal experience, they literally come in for like two seconds and they don't yeah. really talk to you, and then they just leave. You spend more time with the nurses. Now, if there was a cute nurse, and they were spending all this time with us, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why in TV shows they make it seem like you are always talking to actual doctors and they stay in the room forever because they do not. Hell no. (sighs) But anyway, moving on, people. But a nurse, huh? Yeah, why not? Do they not make enough money? No, they do. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Don't worry about that. We're not that shallow, guys, I swear. We really aren't. I mean, if we were... That's what we would have gone after. <laughs> yeah. Doctors, not nurses. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh. In the next scene, uh, we are back out in the waiting room. And we see a baby getting pushed by in a hospital baby bed. Monica mm-hmm. whines that she wants a baby. Chandler, who is sleeping on Monica's shoulder, responds with, Not tonight, honey. I have an early morning tomorrow. Monica shoves him off of her and suggests they go get coffee. Chandler sarcastically replies, saying, okay, because we never do that. The scene then cuts to Joey in the waiting room. He's watching a basketball game when a lady walks over near him and asks him if he's a Knicks fan. And he replies, yeah. She says that they suck. He looks over and is about to talk smack to her when he notices that she is heavily pregnant. He finally asks who her team is, and she tells him she likes the Celtics. They talk smack about each other's team, and she starts to say something else to him when she starts having a contraction. Joey tries to get her help by trying to find the father of the baby, but she informs him that there is no father. And he helps her to the delivery room in the back. Would you help a random person in the hospital if they look distressed, or allow a random person to help you? Probably not. (laughs) I'd try to find a nurse, but I don't think I would specifically... Which might sound bitchy, right? But um, there's so many people nowadays that if you help them by giving them, like, the Heimlich or something and you break their rib, they sue you. So, like, if we're in a hospital and there's, like, people that are professionals to help them, I'll grab one of them to help. But, like, I don't think I would help. And I would not trust anybody to help me. I'm not very trusting with strangers, which is funny because if I'm intoxicated, I'm so trusting. (laughs) <laughs> but in that scenario no I don't think I would let anybody help me no and no I wouldn't either and to be honest with you in the hospital I don't I don't think that they want you to help <laughs> like I don't think that they want like a civilian to be performing any type of like CPR or things like that um in this specific scenario yeah I I would have done, like, the same thing that you would have, just find, like, a doctor or nurse that can help this woman get to where she needs to be, but I wouldn't get as involved as Joey did. Uh, I don't even know how that even transpired. Like, it was it was kind of super weird, because if I had been her, I, I would have been like, okay, thanks for helping me get to my room, like, now leave. 
I'm about to push a baby out. I don't even know you. Um, but apparently they were chill with each other. So that's cool. But no, I could never do that for someone. I've, I've also had like instances where I, I help someone with something and then then they want like more or they want me to stay longer. And, yeah. and, and, and sometimes I feel like I was even taken advantage of with situations where I try to help someone. So... Yeah, I probably wouldn't, unfortunately. Lesson learned the hard way. I'm also not trusting. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) Okay, so moving on. Uh, We come back from commercial and find ourselves with the rest of the gang in the waiting room. Phoebe is singing an original buffet about babies, and Ross pays her to stop. She does, and then she notices some twins with their mom passing through the waiting room and comments on how cute they are. Monica jealously says she doesn't even have one. Why do they get two? Chandler tells her that she'll get there someday, and Monica, annoyed at his comment, asks, oh yeah, when? And then Chandler tries to make a pact with her, saying that when they are 40, if neither of them are married, then they should get together and have a baby. Monica asks him why he thinks she wouldn't be married at 40. Chandler tries to save himself by saying it was a hypothetical scenario. And Monica angrily responds, asking yet again, even hypothetically, why he thinks she wouldn't be married at 40. Chandler tries to take it back, but it's too late. He hit a soft spot with Monica. Um, This is kind of like the last question, but have you ever said something mean to someone that you probably should not have said? Oh, yeah. Um, This is probably one of my meanest moments. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, my God, I hope she never listens to this because this is... (laughs) I, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I don't even know if I apologize for it. So I was, like, 18, 19? I don't remember. I remember I was already an adult, but, like, a really fresh one. And for context, this is not something that we really talk about in my family, but it is known by everybody um, that my sister is not my dad's biological daughter. <clears throat> but for all intents and purposes, My sister is my dad's daughter. Like, my dad raised my sister. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there was this one time I was sick. I don't remember what I had. I I think maybe my thyroid problems were flaring up. Who knows? I was sick in the backseat of a car. My sister was in the front passenger side of the car. I think we were waiting for my cousin because it was just me and my sister in the car. And she opened up, like, the phone and was looking at a picture of a baby who is a, was a, is a kid on my dad's side of the family and she just kept looking at the picture and saying oh my gosh she just she looks just like me she she looks the same as Christia blah blah uh we, we look the same look at her we look the same uh and she just kept saying it and I was like no you don't and she was like, yes, I do. And okay, also for context, like she was absolutely trying to be annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, because my sister and that kid like look nothing alike. <laughs> like like that kid has like blue eyes and like super fair skin. And like my sister has like light brown eyes and, and it's a little bit more morenita. Like, so they don't look alike. Okay, so she just kept saying, but look how much I look like her. You don't look like her. I look like her so much. She just kept saying that over and over and over again until I like snapped. And I was like, you're not even related to her. She's not your family. (laughs) And I said it like that. Like I was pissed. 
And she did not have a rebuttal to that. She literally just stayed quiet. And then my cousin <laughs> came back in the car and like the tension. Oh man, it was thick. Jeez. And I don't think I ever apologized for that, but that was such a dick thing to say. But I, I don't know why that irritated me so much that she was saying that. I think it was also because she was adding, you don't look anything like her. And like in my brain, I was like, well, if somebody was going to look like her, it would be me. But okay. <laughs> but yeah, so it's one of the many a times that I've been a dick. Oh my God. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> But also, she really deserved it. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to keep nagging, I say you deserve it. But that was still pretty mean. Yeah, it was, I know. Trust me. This is one of those situations that still haunts me. Why did I say that? (laughs) Oh, so what about you? I'm not that mean. Um, That's a fucking lie. But I can't think of anything. I, I can't think of anything for you. I can't think of anything that I've said lately or in the past that was, like, just flat-out mean. Aside oh, from, like, nice. I mean, never to not, I mean, I'm not saying that it hasn't happened. I'm saying I can't think of anything. Aside from, like, <clears throat> comments to people about, like, oh, my God, their baby is so not cute. <laughs> but then why do people think that all babies are cute? Not all babies are cute. I'm sorry. They're not. But do people I, really think that? Like, do people really think every single baby they've ever seen is cute? Because that girl, not true. I don't know, but I know that I've seen some ugly ass babies. <laughs> oh no, same. Like, listen, I'll even, I'll even level with you now. I was, I was a ridiculous looking baby, but I think I'm doing okay now. <laughs> but like, you can't say all babies are cute. I really, I've even had like babies that I'm related to that I'm like, ooh. And then later I'm like, oh, okay. You know, they, they're they cute now. But, like, as newborns, like, freshly out of the womb, no. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I would obviously say that my children were precious, right, because they're mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no. I don't think that everybody thought that my babies were the most, I mean, precious, yes. Cute, not really. Hmm. And, like, you have to send me pictures. It's so funny, too, because my thing is like, oh my god, look at how little they are. Instead of being like, oh my god, they're so <laughs> yeah. cute. Because they expect people expect you to like have a reaction Say to something. their baby. Yeah, yeah. And like, if they're cute, obviously I'm like, oh my god, they're so cute or they're so pretty or whatever. But no, yeah, my initial reaction is always, oh my god, look how little. Yeah, that precious. <laughs> I think it's so funny because mine. <laughs> mine's more obvious than oh look how little no mine is like oh it's a baby (laughs) (laughs) he's just a baby oh my god (laughs) that's a terrible person (laughs) (laughs) i did want to ask you a bonus question it's not on here this has not previously been discussed but just because Chandler then, like, tries to make a pact with Monica, like, oh, you know, when we're 40, if neither of us are married, do you want to get married? Have you ever had a pact with anyone like that? <laughs> so, yes, actually. Um, my best friend Jorge and I, when we were teenagers, we had said that when we turned 28, if we weren't married, that we were going to get married. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was not married when I turned 28, I was in a relationship. <laughs> oh, okay. So it wasn't like I was going <clears> to <throat> break up with whoever. Yeah, yeah, I had already been in that relationship for like five years. I ended up breaking up with him after. <laughs> but no. Um, but I don't even know if he remembers that. I wonder. I have to ask him. You Did you ever him. make a pact with anybody? Yes, actually. <laughs> Um, and it seemed like it was gonna happen, like, when I made it, it was for when I turned 33, which context I'm 32 right now, (laughs) and I'm not married, but I am also in a relationship, but when we made it, I think I was, like, 27, so I was, like, oh, that's, like, six years from now, I'm for sure gonna be married and, like, probably popped one kid already. Uh, here we are, 32, unmarried. The time is approaching. Uh, he knows that I am in a relationship, so I don't think he's going to show up and try to cash his proposal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did have one. I actually had a couple. Oh my god. I should probably void those. Anyway, <clears throat> I was just curious because I've heard of people that have them and Years ago, I thought that that really only happened in TV shows. I've never actually met anyone that has married their person, you know, their backup, I guess. Yeah. But I do know multiple people that do have that deal with someone. I don't know that I know anybody else that does. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I have mine. All right. How about if you and I are single when I'm 50, do you want to get married? (laughs) I would probably have to divorce my husband. Uh, okay, what if we're both single or knock on wood, widowed? So if he mysteriously dies, <laughs> <laughs> I'm super down. If we're both okay. widows, we can get married. Okay, you heard it here. <clears throat> yes, you heard it here first. My husband hasn't even heard this yet. <laughs> nope. Uh, Sorry, Victor. <clears throat> anyway. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> After Chandler and Monica's encounter, we see Rachel walk back into the waiting room, but she's wearing a different outfit, a much fancier outfit. Monica asks if she went home to change, and Rachel says she did because it's an important day and she wants to look nice, and she then proceeds to ask if they have seen Carol's doctor. Monica says they haven't seen him, and Rachel starts questioning his whereabouts because he's supposed to be in the hospital. What if the baby needs him? Chandler then questions her obsession with doctors and asks if her father is the doctor, and Rachel responds that he is, and asks, yeah, why? Chandler then just makes a face at Monica, and she answers, no reason. We can assume he's trying to tie Rachel's obsession with doctors to her daddy issues. If you had time and the energy, would you go back home to change if you were trying to get a guy's attention? She's done it already. No, I haven't actually. But it's funny because the time that you and I went out to um, Kettner. Oh, yeah. We both did like a full wardrobe change. It's true. To give you some context, I had just gone to go get my hair done. I got it dyed. I went blonde. And when I went to my appointment, I thought I was going to be done way sooner. So I was in a t-shirt and shorts. shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And a t-shirt. And I think I had sneakers on or something. 
And so when I get to Laura, Laura's looking all cute, and we're supposed to go to, like, this <laughs> expensive upscale, like, bar, restaurant, or whatever. And so I was like, girl, no, we need to, like, go to Ross or something. <laughs> of all places. <laughs> not even, like, we're not that bougie, guys. We ain't going to Nordstrom no, no, we're for not. no fucking outfit. We're going to go to Ross or Marshall's or TJ Maxx. <laughs> and so we went to Ross, and I got myself a nice shirt and some heels. And we, or it was a blouse, I'm sorry. And we went, and I think you changed too, right? Hell yeah, not only did I change, I also bought an extra outfit for no <laughs> fucking reason. Yeah. And then we went so. back to the house, and we both changed. No, we changed in the car. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> we did change in the car in the Ross parking lot. lot. <laughs> in the daytime too, it wasn't even dark. Oh my god, that was the best though. And we looked super cute after the box. We did look really cute. We have mm-hmm. the pictures to prove it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also that day, we went to a ridiculous amount of bars. Oh, that was so much fun though. It was a lot of fun. I remember thinking each time we went to a new place, man, I don't want this to be the last. Like, I still want to be out. But also, <laughs> it was a Thursday fucking night, and we paid the next oh. day. Heavily. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, anyway. It was worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. But so the point you... of this is we wouldn't change to get a guy's attention. But I would change in certain situations. <laughs> to get Laura's attention. <laughs> to get Laura's attention. Um, I have, however, so I have not changed out of an outfit into a more comfortable one because I was waiting to see if a guy was going to come over and if he was going to see my outfit. And I think about this moment all the time because it was embarrassing for so many reasons. One, uh, the outfit was an outfit for Renaissance Fair. And I thought it looked really cute in my Renaissance outfit, which, by the way, I created using my sister's wedding dress without permission. Oh, She had already used it, but she had already gotten married in it. But still, you don't do that. I understand that now. I was 15 years old at the time, and boundaries, I didn't understand them. Uh, so, yes, it was embarrassing because I took my sisters without permission. It was embarrassing because it was a Renaissance fair outfit. And it was embarrassing because I was in high school. So my Renaissance fair shift was from, let's say, my second and third period. And after that, I had my lunch. Mm-hmm. And at lunch... My teacher was like, well, your shift with Ren Fair is done, so you can just change after, like, at lunch. Mm-hmm. So me and my friend, who were both in the Renaissance Fair, we ran to the bathroom, and, and I was like, oh, I just need to pee. And she was like, aren't you going to change? And I was like, oh, no, what if they need me again? And then my friend was like, no, literally, they just told us that, that we can just change. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to wear it for a few more minutes just in case. So then I go outside. And I'm very obviously looking to see what this dude was. His name is Jared. Hi, Jared. And then my friend, Lydia, looks at him and she's like, oh, my God. Are you seriously not changing because you're hoping Jared will see you in your wedding dress? And I was, like, so mortified, I ran over to change. But I really was trying for him to see me. That was the plan, Jasmine. So that he can plan your future together. Yeah, because he had been... He was my ex also at the time. Uh, We had just broken up for the first time one of many to come oh my god (laughs) anyway that was my life 
<laughs> uh, moving on. In the next scene, Joey is in the room with the pregnant lady he was helping out, who is played by Leah Remini. I don't think we ever get her name. Um, but she is on the phone and getting hounded with questions by her mother, who is on the other line. Her mom is trying to convince her to call her baby daddy. And Leah tells her mom that she does not want to call him and assures her that she's not alone because Joey is there. The mom asks to speak to Joey and questions if he's single and what he does for a living. He mentions that he's an actor and Leah's mom hangs up on him. Joey then asks Leah what's up with the baby daddy because if someone was having his baby, he'd want to know about it. She basically tells him it's none of his business and Joey then states that he should probably leave and she says that he should. And so Joey walks out, but then a few seconds later, he walks back in to talk more shit about the Celtics and starts fluffing her pillow. If someone were having your baby, would you want to know? Yeah, if I were a dude, um, yeah, I would want to know if someone was having my baby. <laughs> would you not want to know that? Um, how invested am I? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. I would definitely want to know. <laughs> You have to say one night stand. Um, yeah, I definitely would want to know. Yeah, no, I would definitely want to know. <laughs> For sure. I can't imagine someone, I guess, like ignorance is bliss for some people, but I just need to know everything. I want to know. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, moving on. We then cut to Carol in the delivery room, basically hyperventilating because Ross and Susan are Susan are telling her to breathe, but they're inconsistent, like they're doing it at different times. She tells them both they're going to kill her, and they stop. Each of them is trying to be overly helpful to Carol and competing with one another. Susan reminds Carol that they're doing this for Jordy. Ross asks who the hell Jordy is, and they inform him that that's their son's name. He says, hell no, his son's name is Jamie. Carol then tells him that Susan has a next name, Jamie, so they went back to the name Jordy. They start arguing about the name of the baby, and just then Carol gets a cramp, and Ross and Susan fight over who should get to massage her leg. And Ross tells Susan that since she gets to sleep with Carol, he gets to massage her cramps. Carol has had enough of this uh, bickering and kicks them both out of her room. Do you have favorite names or names that you might consider giving a future child? So, yes. Before my kid was born, both of them actually, um, for Jesus... Jesus was always going to be Jesus because that was my dad's name. But I love the name Santos. But I couldn't obviously name him Jesus Santos. Right. And I also like the name Christos, which all sound like Oh, no. Of course. Yes, a little bit. (laughs) But I also could not name him Jesus Christos. Jesus Christos, no. (laughs) He would have killed me and so would my family. But, so he's Jesus, nonetheless. And then Danny was named after his dad, but I really wanted to name him Cairo. I am a reincarnated Egyptian queen. (laughs) I swear to God, I say that all the time. And so I really wanted to, Egypt has always, like, really called to me. Like, I want to visit there so bad. And it's always just really, really called to me. I used to check out books in library about Egypt all the fucking time. And so I really, really wanted to name Danny Cairo, but he's Danny Alexander. So it is what it is. What about Still you? Still a good name. Um, yeah, I have some names. 
that we've talked about, one was very meaningful to both of us. The one we would have is we have a girl. I don't want to say them not because I think people will steal them, but because, I don't know, it feels like I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. Almost like maybe I won't have kids if I say them. Um, and then uh, we also have a name for a boy uh, from someone that meant a lot to us that has passed. Uh, but yeah, we have one of each. So we'll see if we get to use them. Hopefully we do. Oh my god, imagine you have twins. Oh my goodness. But now I'm going to have to come <laughs> pull out a brand new name. <laughs> no, like what if you have one of each? Oh, like a... Ooh, that would yeah. be cool. Like a like girl and a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. Although not really. I don't want to have twins. <laughs> <laughs> like I... I really hope I don't have twins, man. That will definitely not only affect us financially terribly, but also my mental health. I don't know. I don't know how much I could take with twins. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Um, okay. So in the next scene, we find Joey and Leah going through a little breathing of their own. She feels something between her legs and lifts the blanket to see. Her water has broken, and she shows Joey, who just responds with an ew, and tells the nurse that something exploded. The nurse is in the room with Joey and Leah, explains that her water has broken. Joey freaks out and starts to panic, asking what it means, water breaking. What do you mean, water breaking? The nurse then tries to calm him down by telling him to breathe. Leah looks over at him, and by her reaction, I would say that she thinks he's being ridiculous. How freaked out do you think you would be? about you or someone else's labor i think about someone else's labor i wouldn't be that much freaked out or if i was i'd try not to show it that much Mm -hmm. if it was my own labor yeah i'd probably be freaking the fuck out (laughs) that's just my brand (laughs) (laughs) i just think of the worst possible scenarios ever always oh my god (laughs) what about you i mean you've been in labor so how how did you feel I was going to ask, technically, were you in labor? Because you've had C-section. I mean, I guess not, really. Because it's not like I felt contractions or anything. It just all kind of happened. Um, but when I did have my own kids, I was in labor. And I didn't, I didn't panic as much then as I did with the C-sections. But with the C-section, I really, really don't like surgeries. Or, like, the thought of being cut open really stresses me out. So, you know, no, I wasn't the happiest of people's going through that situation. Uh, I had I had high anxiety. It was pretty bad. Um, luckily for me, my husband knows how to keep calm. So yeah. it was very helpful to have him in the room That's with me. But amazing. Yeah, no, I can't. I never <laughs> want to go through that again. And I've done it twice. So. <sighs> You're not making me want to have kids. Uh, Just don't have a C-section. <laughs> I don't think that I can control that, but thank you. I'll try my best. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, moving on. This show continues with Susan and Ross fighting in the hallways, and Phoebe finds them and moves them into a janitor's closet and closes the door. She scolds them for yelling in a building where babies are being born because that is not the first thing a baby should hear. She warns them that they better not make her shout again because she does not like it and goes to walk out of the janitor's closet when she realizes the door is locked and asks them if they, and she asks them if they want to hear something ironic. 
because she had just told them to stop yelling and now they need to shout for help. They start shouting for help, but no one can hear them. Ross attempts to break down the door, but as he steps back, stumbles over a mop bucket and falls down on his butt. Do you think that you could break down the door? Hell no. <laughs> I think if it was a life and death situation and my kids were either with me or on the other side of the door, yeah, I would do my best to fucking break it down. But if I was, like, stuck somewhere and trying to break down a door, I doubt it. I think I would just, like, I mean, cell phones exist nowadays, and I'm rarely without mine. So I would hope that I would have it in that moment to, like, call someone to come rescue me. I literally almost had to call my husband because I got trapped in my shower. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's, like, they're glass doors, but it got stuck. It didn't want to, it didn't want to (laughs) push. So you were stuck inside the shower? Yeah, without my phone. <laughs> oh my god. I got it open. Oh, but I'm not well, going to break the glass. Your right? life. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I can't break, break down. Break. Mm, fuck no. Okay. I listen. Okay, I'm going to level with you. The door in question that I'm thinking right now is the hospital door. That to me is an impossibility cuz it looked pretty sturdy. You know, it's not like a a flimsy door in your apartment Mm -hmm. i think that i could break down one of these doors inside our apartment from like the ones not the front door but the ones like in the rooms like separating rooms Mm -hmm. i think i think during an emergency with enough tries i could probably break one of those maybe i want to i want to believe in myself (laughs) <laughs> but any any doors and like hospitals, government buildings, schools, yeah, no, those are impossible to break. No, thank you. No, I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to say that I could, and I pretend to be a strong, you know, woman, and my husband makes fun of me about it all the time. Not makes fun, but like, you know what I mean. Yeah, he teases you a little bit. No? See, Michael, see, aren't you so strong? And it's like. Uh, but I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I couldn't break down a door, I don't think. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so these next couple of scenes are all over the place. We start with Carol in the middle of a contraction while Rachel and Dr. Franz Blau, who's Carol's doctor, are talking about Paris and Carol shouts in agony and they just lay her back. And then we cut to jo- Joey basically cheering on Leah while she's pushing her baby out. The nurse and Leah look over at him and he immediately stops. Finally, we go back to Ross, Susan, and Phoebe in the closet. Ross is attempting to break down the door with a vacuum and Susan asks if his plan is to suck the door open. Ross puts the vacuum down and they keep shouting. Just then, Phoebe starts singing. They found their bodies the very next day. (laughs) And Ross and Susan start shouting louder. How upset would you be if your friend got you locked in a closet at an important event in your life? I would be very upset. <laughs> I'd probably snap at them at first and then, I mean, realize that it was an accident. And I wouldn't, like, hold a grudge over it. But I would be I would be upset in the moment until I'm able to get out. How about you? I would be furious. I know myself. And my initial reaction is definitely always jump first. And then, yeah. you know, yeah, think about it. But um, no, yeah, I'd probably be livid and then 
I'd apologize, yeah. obviously, because, like, I mean, unless they actually did it on purpose. Like, so, like, theoretically speaking, if we stay in straight relationships, you and I cannot miss the birth of our kids, right? right. But what if someone made you get locked in a room so long that you missed Jesus's high school graduation? Oh, I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Someone's going to die. And I'm going to use your bones to pick the fucking lock to get me the fucking oh goddamn room God. to get to my kid's fucking graduation. Wow, easy there, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you're aware. Oh okay, well, loud and clear. <laughs> We're now going to continue on to the next scene. <laughs> we cut to a scene where Monica is on the phone with her mom. And she is reassuring her that everything is fine and Ross is okay. Just then Chandler pops into the scene and gestures to her that they cannot find Ross. Monica reassures her mom once again that she doesn't need to fly back from wherever they are. Her mom tells her that it might be her only chance to be there for her grandchild. Monica, offended by her comment, reminds her that she is only 26 and she isn't even thinking about having babies. Just then a nurse walks by with a newborn and Monica starts to cry. Chandler takes the phone from her and imitates static and hangs up on Monica's mom. He hugs Monica and just then Joey walks out of the delivery area to the lobby and Chandler asks him where he's been. Joey states that he's just had a baby. Chandler congratulates him, and he and Monica walk after him to find out what he's talking about. Being that we are both over 30, what <laughs> is or would be your ideal age for having kids? <laughs> I honestly would have wanted to have my kids when I was, like, in my 30s. But I am so happy to have had my kids when I did, which was at 20 and 21. Because they're my little buddies. And I fucking love it because I still feel young and sometimes they think I'm ridiculous and it's like, yeah, what's your point? <laughs> so, no, but yeah, definitely my initial plan was to have my kids when I was 30. What about you? Man, if you had asked me this question when I was 18 years old, I would tell you that my ideal age to have kids was probably like 22, maybe 24, but that was probably too old for me. <laughs> If you had asked me this when I was young, because I swore when I was a teenager that by the time I'd be 25, I'd be obviously so mature, financially independent, and obviously married and with children. Now, at 32, as someone who is child-free at the moment, but has now three fur babies <laughs> and some neighborhood crows that I feed every day. Uh, I would say maybe when I'm 40. <laughs> uh, in all honesty, right now, I feel like I'm ideally, I would want to have a baby maybe at like 35, 36. Um, mm -hmm. My mom had me when she was 43. And as much as I would like to say that I turned out great, um, I have a lot of issues. <laughs> And look, I'm not saying that they were because my mom or my dad, because they were both pretty old. Uh, they were older when they had me. I'm not saying that is their fault, but studies do show that older parents can have kids with more health problems. And uh, I just don't want to worry about something like that. So I think that, yeah, 35, 36 would probably be a, a good time for me to have kids. And I say that, and right now I'm 32, and time is passing by so fast. But I'm like, I really hope I'm ready by that time. 
<laughs> you will be. Um, it all comes naturally. I promise. Okay, fine. But will you be there holding my hand? Of course. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just uh, accidentally woke the cat. I apologize. Sorry. Don't do that. I know I'm the worst. All right. So then we, uh, in the next scene, see Rachel talking with Dr. Friends Blau as they grab a cup of coffee and he asks her if she's involved with anyone and she says no. She then asks if he's dating anyone and he also says no. He tells her that it is hard dating due to his profession as an OBGYN. Rachel doesn't believe him and tells him she's heard that cute, she's heard that about cute doctors, um, having a hard time dating. He tells her that he thinks it's because of where he spends all his time in between a woman's legs. He assures her that he tries not to let his work interfere with his personal life and asks her what she does for a living so that he can give her an example. Rachel tells him that she's a waitress and the example he gives is, aren't there times where you come home at the end of the day and you're just like, if I see one more cup of coffee, Rachel tells him, gotcha, and proceeds to remove her earrings, seeming no longer interested in the cute doctor. Do you feel that Dr. Franz Blau has a point? If you stare at vaginas all day, would you be tired of seeing vaginas if you had a girlfriend at home? I don't think so, because it's all about context. When you're seeing vaginas at work, if you're an OBGYN, I would fucking hope that it's not a sexual thing for you. And... When you go home, I would think that you'd be able to separate, oh, this is my significant other. It's not just a vagina that I'm looking at. <laughs> uh, and it's because I think about it also in the context of, like, if I work at a grocery store and I see food all the time, I'm not going to go home and be like, I can't even look at food right now. You know what I'm saying? It just... Mm-hmm. It's not the same. And I understand my example doesn't really apply here uh, because in a way I could kind of see his point because he's seeing children come out of vaginas. It's not just like he's looking at vaginas. Yeah. But I don't I don't think that that would affect me in that way if I were a dude. What do you think? I don't think so either. I think you're right about context. Like, obviously, I'm not going home to examine my wife. Yeah, you're not going to give her a pap smear and then go down on her. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though we've talked about examining each other. <laughs> yes, it's true. But, <laughs> but no, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think that that would be an issue for me. And the funny thing is, is I, I think I've said this before. I used to be a barista and mm. having to make coffee all day and then going home and smelling like coffee never turned me off of coffee. I would make some bomb-ass drinks while I was at work and, like, create new stuff that wasn't on the menu because it was fun to make coffees. And then I'd go home and, like, put on a, co- a pot of coffee or, like, go to Denny's with my mom, you know, at midnight and we'd have coffee. So, no, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I spend all day on the computer and I still get on my phone. Use the computer. I, yeah. I get that it's different, but it's basically a handheld computer. Yeah. And I'm literally there, on it. Oh, I will say that there has been days where, like, my job was so fucking heavy that day. Like, it was, but it has to be, like, the most terrible fucking day. And again, for context, I work from home. 
So there are times when, because I don't have a separate office, I can't just close my office and then not see my desk. My desk is in my living room. So there have been days where I'm absolutely deranged that I don't even want to get out of my bedroom because I don't want to see my desk. (laughs) But it's only been like two days out of the what? almost three years that I've been working from home thanks COVID Uh, and I also this is probably neither here nor there but if I was him and this cute girl was hitting on me because it was very obvious that they were flirting with each other right like she Mm -hmm. like Rachel went home and changed come on I would never (laughs) tell someone that I'm flirting with yeah I'm an OBGYN so aren't there times when you just don't want to look at a cup of coffee anymore like I wouldn't be like, yeah, I don't like vaginas. I don't like to look at them. Like, what kind of advertisement <laughs> is that? <laughs> Are you basically saying that you're not going to go down on me? Because that's what that sounds like. <laughs> that is unacceptable. Okay? Deal breaker. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, I think I went all over the place with that. So we're just going to come back to where we're supposed to be. And now we're back uh, with Joey. And he's heading back to talk to Leah. He even has some balloons for her but as he opens the door to her room he notices that baby daddy showed up and they're talking about the baby joy does not walk in and sweetly smiles and walks out of the room leaving one of the balloons on her door holding the other one by the hand like it was a child and walking away (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile we're back in the dentist's closet and ross and susan are still going uh, at it ross points out how the baby's is born when the baby is born carol and susan get to take him home while susan pushes back that at least he's recognized as one of the parents because there's mother's day and father's day but there's no lesbian lover day ross exclaims that it is every day is lesbian lover day (laughs) just then phoebe chimes in saying this is so great and side note really quickly this is one of my favorite phoebe like little monologues ross asked her to elaborate uh, and so she does, stating that when she was growing up, her father walked out on her, her mother killed herself, and her stepdad was in prison, so she barely had enough pieces of a person to make one parent. But Ross's baby, not even born yet, already has three full parents who love him so much. Ross and Susan stop their bickering and realize that Phoebe has a point. How would you feel about a step-parent stepping in to take care of and love your child? And I think that you already have had situations like this, so... How has it been for you? I have had situations like this, and I absolutely fucking love it because I feel like the more people that love your child, the better. And it kind of eases the, like, as a parent, I stress out if I love them enough and if I do enough and if I'm good enough as a mom. And my kids will praise me all day, like, yeah, mom, you're a great mom, because I do ask them, like, hey, is there something that you would want to change about me? Like, Am I not doing enough for you? Do you need me to be there more, do more? You know, like, you know, sometimes you feel guilty because they're mine at least are in high school and they're grown and they're very independent and they like spending time, you know, with themselves. And I feel like maybe I'm neglecting them because I allow them to just do their own thing. But then I remember being a teenager and just not wanting to spend time with my parents. So I kind of give myself a break in that yeah. aspect. But, um, But no, like, I really appreciated when they were younger that they did require the attention that the people that my exes chose to be in my my child's life 
were good people. One of which um, I reached out to recently and was like, oh my God, I super love like your energy. And I just think you're such a great person. And like, would you want to meet up for a drink? And she was like, oh my God, yes. I feel the same way about you. And like, of course. And I was like, cool. And then the other one too, like my other baby daddy's ex, um, cause I have two, <laughs> if you're new here, <laughs> but even they were very present and like, they were very, they were even more, um, involved in the sense that, uh, they wanted to meet up and discuss what my expectations were of them in regards to mm-hmm. raising my child and schoolwork and showers and bedtimes and, uh, after school activities. And I was like impressed that this person took time out of their day to meet up with me to discuss what I was expecting of them with my child. So no, yeah, I think the more the merrier. And I hate that my exes don't reciprocate that. (laughs) It's kind of hard to find someone that has that perspective because um, I don't have any kids. So um, that scenario has never happened to me with me being the baby mama Mm -hmm. but I have dated men who have had children and I always tried my hardest to make sure to let the mother of those children know hey I'm not a threat I'm just a set of helping hands if they are needed Uh, Mm -hmm. if they are not and we have certain boundaries that we need to adhere to that's fine with me because I feel like in those situations it is so immature to get blinded by, oh, well, that's his baby mama. Like, I have to automatically hate her. Or from the perspective of the baby mama, like, oh, that's that's my baby daddy's girl. Like, I can't, I can't stand her. Just simply because of who you are mm-hmm. in that person's life. When I think that the priority should be the child uh, or children in this situation. Back when I was dating this man who who had a son, when we first started going out, his son was four years old and by the time that we broke up I want to say he was seven uh, Mm -hmm. around that age and so I was around for a while and I always tried my best to you know just let um my ex well now it's my ex but at the time he was my boyfriend um but I always made sure to let his ex-wife know like hey I'm here to help whatever you guys need and she also had other children um, that were born after the child that she had with my ex. And we always tried to invite all the kids out, if possible, so that they could hang out together and, and get to know me and, and just, just spend some quality time with them. So I, I would hope that if I'm ever in a situation where I have my own child and I'm not with that person anymore and, and they have a new partner, I want to say that I am mature enough to be like you, to be like the more than merrier that love my kids. Obviously, at first, I'd be a little bit concerned because, you know, I'm I'm not a trusting person right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I get to know the person and, and if they have a good vibe and, and if I have similar experiences to what you've had before, then yes, the more than merrier for sure. Thank you so much for loving my kid because I understand that just because you know a child, it doesn't mean that you automatically have to love them. I understand that there are people that don't love the kids that their partners have. And I would count myself so lucky to, like, if I'm ever in that situation, to encounter someone that wants to love my kid like I love them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, not everybody thinks that way, I guess. 
No, not everybody thinks that way. And it's funny because I've never been the crazy baby mama. And I'm just, I'm grateful. But, like, I hate it because you would think that because I've been so cool, they'd be cool with me. That you'd get things back. Yeah. And they're not. I know. I know. Oof, one specific one of your exes really boils my blood. Mm-hmm. Mine too. <sighs> Anyhow. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's continue. So we got back. We cut back to Carol and the rest of the gang. They're all in the delivery room with her. Carol is wondering where Ross and Susan are, and Rachel and Monica are trying to comfort, comfort her by telling her they will show up because they wouldn't miss the birth of the baby. Joey tells Carol to relax because she's only nine centimeters and the baby is at zero station. Chandler looks over at him and asks Joey, who are you? Just then, Carol reaches for and grabs Chandler, making him extra nervous. The doctor chimes in, telling Carol that she is fully dilated and it's time to push. She exclaims sadly that Ross and Susan aren't there yet, and the doctor reminds her that the baby can't wait. We come back to the janitor's closet where Ross and Susan are finally working as a team. Phoebe finds a jumpsuit with the name Ben on it and starts calling herself hospital worker Ben, distracting herself from the task at hand. They decide to try to get Phoebe up through the vents and push her up. As she partially climbs in, the janitor finally opens the door, and Ross and Susan shout to Phoebe that the door is open and they run out, leaving her dangling from the vent. How upset would you be if your partner was not present as you were delivering? I would be really, really upset. But, again, if I have a baby with a partner I have now, I know that if he's not there, it's because of a really good fucking reason. Like, he probably did get stuck somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd be upset in the sense that I will obviously I'm upset because I'm alone, but I'll also be like, um, what happened to Justin? Did he, like, die? (laughs) Because I know he wouldn't miss this on purpose. First of all, you wouldn't be alone, because I would be there. Yeah, actually, you're, like, you and Justin right now in my life are the only ones that are going to be allowed in. I'm so sorry, everyone, including both mothers, so me and Justin, because, nope. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll tell them, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Definitely that. And Victor wouldn't want to be in there, so he's fine. (laughs) He's so weird about babies. Well, wait, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But how upset would you be? Um, They weren't there. So I don't think I'd be that upset. I debated heavily because, I, like I said, I was a surrogate. I debated heavily this last time asking Victor to step out and letting the mom be in the delivery room with me. But I didn't because I was, I'm telling you, I was super anxious. I don't like the thought of being cut open because um, I don't want to die. <laughs> Duh. So, um, so I didn't, I didn't offer for her to take his place because I, I needed the support. Um, but, but yeah, no, just in that instance, I debated, you know, like letting someone else be in the room, but I know that my mom was upset that she wasn't the one that I chose to be in the room with me. And I apologize, but I'm like, no, I need my husband. (laughs) Like, like he's my best friend. Why wouldn't I want him there with me? Yeah. So yeah, no. I definitely would be upset if he wasn't there because he kind of keeps me calm and, like, reassures me that everything's okay. Aw, cute. Yeah, he has his moments. (laughs) (laughs) We're almost done, guys. We're almost done. Yay! 
Rojas Susan run into the delivery room and she scolds them both asking, where have you been? <laughs> Meanwhile, she continues pushing and Rachel gets in the way of the doctor and so they all get kicked out except for Ross and Susan. Ross moves over by Carol's legs and is watching his son being born. He exclaims that his head is huge and asks her, oh, Carol, how are you doing this? <laughs> and I think she says, not helping. The baby comes out <laughs> and they are all very happy and amazed. Phoebe, having climbed all the way into the vents, calls down to them and tells them how beautiful he is. Once everything has settled down, Susan politely asks what they are going to name the baby. Ross suggests Ben, and they all agree. Monica peeks through the door and asks if they can all come in to see the baby. Ross introduces Ben to everyone, and Phoebe comments how much the baby looks like Susan. <laughs> Monica asks to hold her nephew and tells him she will always have gum. The episode ends with Ross explaining that he might not always be around, but that he will always come back to the baby. The gang chimes in, and Chandler makes a baseball sign and tells him sometimes he will want him to steal third, and does the motion saying he will go like this. They all just stand around and watch Ben as he starts to fall asleep. Rachel asks if they want to go for coffee. Everyone says yes, but then they all come right back and watch Ben fall asleep. We are currently still in a pandemic, are we? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> when, when you have kids, who are you going to want in the delivery room with you? And I think we just answered this one, but go we go did. ahead. <laughs> so, my husband. If I ever have another yeah. natural birth, you're invited. And like oh, thank my you. mom, obviously. Uh, my husband. Save the date. Yeah, yeah. And the parents of the baby, because the next child I'm having will not be my own. <laughs> yeah. So come get come get this child. Come get um, your kid. Exactly. <laughs> and you will have me. And who else? Uh huh. And Justin. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I cannot have my mother there, and unfortunately. I cannot have Justin's mom in there either. I'm a very private person as is, and I my mother is not a person that brings me comfort. Uh, Justin's mom is a person that has been comforting to me in the past, but I just think, I just think of birth as something so private, and I know that not everybody shares that sentiment, and and that's okay for me. It's not like a thing to be. It's not something that you go and watch. Like you don't not, want everybody to see your vagina? I really don't. As beautiful as she is. But um, follow us on OnlyFans. She's, <laughs> she's very shy. But anyway, the link to her OnlyFans. <laughs> that different context, though. Context matters, okay? Yes. Yeah, right now, she's beautiful. She's little. <laughs> Uh, I just don't, I'm, I just don't want people to see your giant head switch my vagina out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's not something that I feel is some, like a show. You know, I just don't want people to come watch me do that. Justin can be there because it's his kid. And I'm still not sure if I'm going to let him watch the baby come out out. Like, I don't understand. I, I can't. Anyway, I'm uh, rambling now because now I'm terrified because I have the imagery of a uh, giant head coming out of my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> because I was nine and a half pounds when I was born. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. I was a big baby. I'm still a big baby, but in, in a different meaning now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a baby. But anyway, thank you so much for joining us in this 
I'm assuming pretty long, I think. Whirlwind semi, episode. Semi chaotic episode. It almost didn't happen. It's like the universe didn't want this episode to go out. Bro, I was tempted to just be like, fuck it, we're skipping episode 23. (laughs) It's haunted. (laughs) Well, I mean, we still got to see if it recorded. But if you're listening to this, it means everything was fine. Everything's bougie. Yay! Congratulations, and you're welcome. And you made it to the end. (laughs) (laughs) And get boozy. But don't forget to hydrate as well. Okay, bye. Bye.